0: Quick warning before we begin. This episode does contain some themes of violence, as is actually very common in many folk tales, and we do believe that folk tales are a window into our history and culture, so enjoy the story. Hi, welcome to Prehistory with daniel and kenny
1: hi it's me kenny hi, kenny all right did you know that back in the days people used to think that crocodiles had the ability to put on clothes and become a debt collector the thing was that um back in the days many people used to think that creatures indigenous to the island had magical powers and therefore could be used to carry the bidding of obia men and women
0: it's so, like,
1: yeah absolute all the sense so so as i was saying crocodile man was connected to being a debt collector and for example another animal um John crow they and bullfrog they used to say that um back in the days when you when you were in court and you wanted a disturbance to kind of disrupt your court case you can um, ask an old man to Get a John Crow or a bullfrog to come in the court and distract everybody. So I'm just going to tell you a story that I read when I was younger, and it, of course, is self-titled "Crocodile Man." So the story begins at a woman named Mary. She was a hardworking higgler who sold her products wherever there was business, especially in the districts of Manchester and Clarendon. Um, she built up a good reputation of by selling really good fry fish around the area. She would regularly travel through Maypen and Old Harbor, where she would go down to the beaches and haggle with fishermen for a good buy of fresh fish. Then she'd take them home, season them, spice them up and fry them. And then she would come the next day, she'd go into the town the next day and she'd sell them coal to her many regular customers in the surrounding markets. She used to buy fish on credit from a very nice fisherman by the seaside you know she would tell him her plans and she go you know you just give me the fish i'll fry them up season them up i'll carry them to the market i'll sell them i'll make some money and i'm definitely gonna come back and at the same time i gonna pay you for what i took last week so she would take her the fish from him, mom basically with an I O U. you pay him and then next week collect it, and then This arrangement worked for quite some while for many, many months, and it was always conditional that her debt was paid up with each new purchase with each new order, she had to pay her past debt. Before he gave her any fish and it's actually the breaking of that promise that actually has the set off a chain of horrendous events for this young woman. So. Rufus anderson was having a party at his house he invited a number of his friends to visit him for food and dancing and drinks so he had a prior order with mary for some of her delicious fried fish and she had come highly recommended so so mary took his order and made the necessary arrangement with her colleague with her friend the little fisherman on the beach side to increase the size of her usual collection as it was going to go well so the fish were spiced, cooked, and taken to Rufus who took, who, you know, thanked her and informed her he would pay her the following morning. So this kind of took Maria back because she was expecting the money up front. She said, all right, cool, fine, whatever. So she goes home and Rufus has his party and then the next morning she comes down to his house and goes, Rufus, um, what's going on with my money yet? And I just flash her off and say, you know, um, so come your money man. don't worry about it so she go again the next day and he wasn't home so she tried this for a week but rufus either was out or gave some excuses like not having time to go to the bank you know where it go. Mm-hmm. well it came for a time to the visit um with her fisherman friend on the old harbor and mr anderson that's rufus was still in her debt. so what is she going to do and says you know bro you know you know how people used to talk back in the day bro
0: yeah bro was the common colloquial <laughs> term back in the day
1: <laughs> you know bro i've been trying to collect your money from this dude from like way back and this dude not paying me man i mean i'm trying and he's like mm. listen If you're and you know thrown at her at first and was like you know mary wasn't a normal person where you know, skim out and paid me. So all right, I'm gonna give you another week for pin about my money, right? So another week went by and Mary with no money. But remember, you know, she's still collecting fish. Right? Which is right. why I'm saying this is kind of pretty silly. <laughs> so um another week went by and still no money was forthcoming. So our fisherman was less reasonable to hear the continuing of her dilemma. So he was prepared to let things go for another seven days, um, but he really laid down the law and warned her of dire consequences if the money was not in his hand by the next visit. We know by now that Rufus had no intention of paying her. But when Mary tried to blame him for cheating her, the fisherman was like, "None of my fault that. We want more want my money. If I don't get paid, you will see what happened to Uno." right If I think that's a threat I think so too or as my husband would say it's not a threat it's a promise <laughs> mm-hmm. so three weeks finally passed and he let the matter ride and then when a, m- when a month came he just closed her account so no more fish You and I can't do any business anymore so by this time the story spread all across the country well all across the area that she worked in saying that she was not good on paying back her debts. So therefore, anybody else would not open up their business to her. So she couldn't rely on anybody else. Oh
0: no, he blacklisted her the old-fashioned yeah.
1: way. Yeah, the old-fashioned way. So Mary's credit was no longer good. And she was unable to strike up another deal. Her fish frying days was over just because of Rufus. Mm. Sorry, Rufus. That's not the Rufus. name. All right, so we're going to escalate now. So don't be shocked. Okay. So the fisherman stood before the house of a local Obian. Oh, wow. He immediately escalated. <laughs> I told <laughs> oh, you. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. For wow, all people okay. who do not know who obia men and women are, they are people who practice or, according to our European ancestors, people who practice devilish black magic so going back to the Shuketh part so the fisherman stood before the house of a local man. it was his first visit and he could not shake off the anxiety that was overwhelming him he could not put his finger on it but he stood shaking in the yard shivering come in friend what do you want joseph mustered a faint smile from somewhere if you don't realize joseph is the name of the fisherman (laughs) now
0: Okay, yeah, didn't really
1: say earlier. <laughs> yeah. So Joseph mustered a faint smile and then followed the OBM man into his house where he was invited to sit in the living room. He looked around and to his surprise, everything looked normal. It looked like a regular living room. Um, he expected to be taken in some ominous place littered with amulets and charm wrists and skulls. You know, you know, things that sat around a black an author with black candles surrounded by implements of magic. It was, you know, just a living room. I'm kind of disappointed, he thought. Yeah, it's so, so <laughs> I know, right? He coughed and then he explained his reason for a visit, requesting whether anything could be done about Mary's bad debt and the troublesome Rufus Anderson. Rufus. Rufus. At the time of the story. There was this young lady who was a teenager at the time. And Mama had sent her off to Masa Chang's shop. You know, he was a Chinese man. Big up to the Chinese episode. Guys, go and listen to that. Coming up to meet her on the road was a tall figure dressed in a top hat, a long black coat with tails and black trousers to match. He wore a white shirt, black tie, and shiny black shoes. That's a lot of black fur.
0: Living in a hot country, but okay. You want to be <laughs> styling and burning
1: alive? Sure. Sorry, proceed. The top hat would have been enough for me. Like, mm. all right. So he looked very much like an Undertaker. So he said to her, "Evening, Miss." He said in a strange, watery, thin voice, "Do you know where Mister Anderson live? Sarah averted her eyes and shook her head. She knew exactly where Mr. Rufus lived, but she was responding to the counsel of her parents who told her to be wary of strangers and not Mm -hmm. to get in the way of neighbors' business or trouble by being too hasty with information. So basically, mind your business. Sarah turned quickly on her heels and returned to her mission, running to the store to buy the few items that her mother prepared Sari so returned to her mission, running to the store to buy a few items her mother required to make her papa's dinner. Half an hour later, she was back home and leaving the purchase and change in the kitchen. She called out, and she was about. She called out, saying that she was going to go and see her friend down the road. Up the lane she went, and she had to pass Mr. Anderson's place. And there he was, the man in black, just walking from the gate to the Rufus's front door. Her curiosity arose. Sarah stopped at the gate to watch the stranger waddle up the driveway. But how could it be? The man had a long black tail with a knobbly ridge running down its tip, hanging below it beneath his coat tails that swished from side to side as he ambled to the house. Frightened, Sarah ran swiftly back home to blurt out to her mother about the strange encounter. My God, mommy, the crocodile man come to call a cadet. I think I still went too fast. No, oh that's my fine. God, mommy. Crocodile man knocked on the door and Rufus was quick to answer. Eve sir. What do you want me to do for you? Said Rufus. Strange, isn't it? That the crocodile man is never recognized as a reptile until his tail is seen from behind. Crocodile Man explained to Rufus that he had been sent by the Man in Old Harbour to collect the debt on behalf of the fisherman. I have no money to pay you, so come out of my yard. Go away. The (laughs) The debt collector took a step back from the door and speaking with a hiss in his voice, he replied, you are going to be sorry. And spinning around, he headed off down the road. The following week, Rufus began to behave strangely. He started to regularly this thing. My brain is trying to switch back. He started to regularly go late to work, and the foreman had to pass comment on his appearance, as he often left home unwashed and unshaven. He was seen in the lane, standing quite still, gazing into the heaven and holding conversations with unseen persecutors. He cursed and requested that they leave him alone. He verbally abused his neighbors, accusing them of all sorts of conspiracies to do him harm. The crocodile's man curse was taking effect. Rufus Oh no, Rufus that. has lost it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Mary was getting back on her feet, having taken to fruit and vegetable higgling in the market. She was selling coconuts this day when who should come her way but Rufus Anderson? He had been prowling around the market stalls, tormenting and cussing at the sellers, who would take so much, then drive him away with well-directed missiles, using anything that came to hand. Rufus came to Mary's stall and stood for a while. Looking her up and down, grimacing and gesticulating from time to time, she tried to ignore him. I want a jelly, Rufus mumbled. Rufus Anderson, you still owe me for the fish then. No money, no jelly. Rufus dug his hand deep into his dirty torn pants and found just enough for the purchase. Handed it over and took the coconut from the stall. Then just stood facing Mary as the transaction was incomplete. What else do you want? Chop my jelly. There is a cutlass chop it to yourself. Rufus stood silent for a moment then slowly bent down to pick up the machete. Oh, he stared no. at this broad, heavy knife, raised it high in the air and then brought oh, it no. down in a broad, curving sweep to chop Mary's head clean from her shoulders. Whatever she might have said to Rufus now would never leave her lips. As her head rolled down the aisle, between the stars and the screaming higglers, Rufus stood laughing maniacally, bathed with the blood pumping from the neck of the corpse that still sat upright in the chair. Then he went berserk, rushing around the market, clearing all in his path, everyone rushing out of his way until turning a corner, he came face to face with a man, a tall figure of a man, dressed in a top hat, a long black coat with tails, and black trousers to match. He wore a white shirt, a black tie, and shiny black shoes. We now know that it was not an undertaker. Rufus stopped dead in his tracks. Dropping the machete, he raised his arms appealingly to the crocodile man, falling to his knees, begging for mercy, and wailing most pitifully. Crocodile man pointed to Mary's head, saying, the debt is fully paid now. Rufus, the lunatic, was carried off to an asylum where he remained for many a year. When he was released, he died suddenly of unknown causes. It was rumored that Mary's family finally had a revenge by poisoning them. Whenever this tale is told, outstanding debts are promptly paid. We <laughs> <end>. <laughs> I
0: mean... Wouldn't just have cursed him to give the money to her? I Listen, feel like this went from zero to one hundred to one fifty like real did quick. Service. This was I mean, not
1: fair to Mary. Not fair it's... to Mary at all.
0: I feel like Where folk we... tales rarely rarely are to women. So I guess it uh, has that in common with the rest of the world. I feel yeah, like yeah. folk tales r- rarely are fair to women. So I guess that's yes in across the world, but wow. What should
1: did do not, should do trust man, she the fish for him and care to him and say, "Hey, boy, give me my money." Yeah, but she because
0: Mr. Fisherman me. Joseph whole Grudge, she get caught up yeah. in it anyway. Because as far as he's concerned, she's to I blame. I would not
1: have even mentioned Mary's name. I would have more say Rufus Anderson, and that's it.
0: Yeah, that's he, it. he just blamed everybody. I guess it goes to show you can get caught up in. Someone else's punishment because of. I
1: was supposed to learn from this folk tale. That's all I see. (laughs) (laughs) Pay your debts, I guess. I remember when I was young, I go to different wholesales. They used to have these lines or this picture of a man hanging from a tree and they'd say, Mr. Credit is dead. And this would actually. What the hell? They used to call him Mr. Credit or Mr. Trust. Okay. So I remember when I was young, when I used to go to the shops, to the wholesales, and Mm -hmm. you'd have either this these lines mr trust is dead or there's no credit here or mr credit dead so
0: maybe a merchant is the one who made up this story thanks again join us next time um and please like subscribe follow on whatever platform you listen to and see you bye kenny bye everybody